Merrimack Bakehouse has a new oat bran muffin mix. Just in time for Easter, get a carrot cake oat bran muffin mix at merrimackpodcast.com. Carrot cake muffin mix is a vanilla oat bran muffin mix base with carrots, golden raisins, and walnuts. That's available at merrimackpodcast.com as well as Standing Chimney the first Saturday of every month and March 20th from 10 to 4 for the first day of spring. Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack. Well, it's March, so being as it's March, we wanted to do an Irish recipe. So I got looking around for some Irish recipes. I came upon this particular recipe. After seeing a picture on Twitter from a Twitter friend in Northern Ireland who showed a picture of a slice of potato apple bread that he had picked up in a bakery there. And I thought, potato apple bread? I've never heard of that. It's really kind of, it was really like neat looking, cut like a slice of pie, basically. I thought that would be an interesting recipe to make since I've never heard of it. So I started looking for a recipe for potato apple bread. And I came upon a recipe blog from the United Kingdom called Baking Mad. They have some really great recipes on there, all sorts of things, different breads and cakes and pies and cookies and whatnot. So uh, if you want to check them out for some interesting Irish and English recipes, do that because you'll, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with what you'll find there. So anyway, I found the recipe for potato apple bread and learned a little bit about it. Apparently, this is a specialty of County Armagh in Northern Ireland, and that county is famous for growing apples. Apparently, they are a huge apple producer in Ireland. So this is a classic old Irish dish that's been made forever. Also very popular and one of those comfort food kind of things that people enjoy eating when they go home to the area of the north of Ireland. So County Armagh is like right in the center of Northern Ireland. So it must have like a really nice climate for growing apples. And uh, apparently the apple of choice there is a Bramley, which is a tart apple. I guess I'm thinking, uh, looking at the apple, I'm thinking it kind of reminds me of a Braeburn style apple where it's uh, good for cooking, also good for eating, but it's a really tart, firm apple. That's the type of apple that's popular to use with this particular recipe. I did not have that apple, so I used what I had. I had some gala apples and some yellow delicious apples, so I just made it work with what I had there. But if you're going to make this, you want to find a nice tart apple. I don't like Granny Smith's. I am not a Granny Smith fan, but if you can find a nice golden delicious apple or a Macintosh type of apple, those would be good in this. Those would be very good in this. So here we go. Potato apple bread. You need a lot of gear to do this. This recipe may sound a little bit intimidating, and there are some techniques here that you probably have never done before. However, it wasn't hard to do. It was mildly involved, I'd say, but it was fun to make because it was something I'd never done before. So hopefully you'll give this a try. And I'm just going to, when I share the recipe, I'm just going to share their recipe because I made it exactly as they had it listed. And it this, I can tell you honestly, this was a very good recipe. It worked exactly as stated. 
um, no surprises, and it wasn't like you got halfway through it and then there was a, an ingredient they forgot to put in, you know, like I would do. <laughs> so, okay, here we go. This is what you're going to need. You're going to need three to four medium russet potatoes. The potato of choice in Ireland for this dish is a piper, which is a good all-purpose potato. It's a nice dry potato that gets fluffy when you bake it and cook it. So that's what you want. You want to you want to use a russet potato. You need three to four potatoes peeled and cut into cubes and a pan of salted water to boil them in. You're going to put the potatoes on and cook them until they're done 15 to 20 minutes and then drain them and let them sit in the pan. Um, I just let them sit on my stove and let the heat evaporate off of them and kind of dry the potatoes out a little bit. Okay, now you're also going to need um, one and a half tablespoons of salted butter, three-fourths cup of white flour, a half teaspoon of baking powder, a pinch of salt. This is all for the potato part, okay? Then you're also going to need two apples, like I said, a nice tart cooking apple. You're going to need three tablespoons of raw sugar, like a demerara sugar or something like that would be good. A half teaspoon of vanilla. The recipe called for a certain brand of vanilla bean paste, which I do not have and have not ever heard of, but you can substitute a teaspoon of vanilla. It works just fine. Okay, and those are your ingredients. So obviously the apples, the sugar, and the vanilla go together the potato items were the first ones I listed. So um, this is what I did. I made the potatoes first, got the potatoes prepped and ready. Then I peeled my apples and sliced them and did that part and let the sugar set up on them. And then I mixed up my dough. Okay, so here we go. Like I said, you're going to put your potatoes in a pan of salted water and boil for about 15 minutes until tender. Drain them out and put them in the pan and just uh, let them sit on your stove, not on the burner, but on your stove where it's warm. Just let them sit and air out. While they're airing out, you're going to take your apples and peel them, core them, and you're going to slice them into very, very thin slices. Because when this thing cooks, it's not like you're making a pie in the oven under really high heat. We're going to cook this on the stove top and it's not going to get as hot. We need them to be really thin slices so that they cook up better. Now, when I did mine, I didn't slice them, all of them quite thin enough. So I had a few crunchy spots in there, but I like that. So, you know, it's up to you. But slice them very thin. Sprinkle your sugar and your vanilla onto your apples in a bowl. Toss them around and let them sit while you do the rest of your dough process. Now, back to the potatoes. You're going to take your potatoes and add one and a half tablespoons of butter to them and mash them really well. I have a potato masher slash ricer that's a manual doodad. <laughs> I don't get to use it real often, so I was really excited because I got to use it. But it has a, um, a ricing plate right on it, and it's on a spring. So you mash them, and then the ricing plate goes down. It was really a lot of fun, kind of like a pogo stick for potatoes. I really enjoyed it. So worked great. But you're going to mash your potatoes and mash them pretty fine. You don't want big chunks in there. 
and then we'll be ready to put the flour in. Now, we're going to take that three-fourths cup of flour, half teaspoon of baking powder, and mix them together, and then add that to your potatoes and stir until it's blended in. It's going to get real clumpy like dough, and then knead it. I did this in a bowl because it really helps with mess-wise. Um, but it kneaded up really nice. So just like with your hands, blend and knead and keep turning it over and over and over itself for a few minutes until you get a nice dough, which I was kind of surprised. Like I said, I've never done this before and it really did make a nice dough. Now you're going to divide your dough into two balls to make the bread part for our, our potato apple bread. What you want to do is if you have a large cutting board um, or a wooden tabletop or countertop, that would work perfectly. I used my stainless steel table and a wooden cutting board to do this. You're going to put a nice layer of flour on your wooden board, put one of the dough balls in the middle of the board and roll it out into about an eight inch circle. Okay. Don't roll it too thin, so if you keep it around 8 inches, it should be perfect for the volume. Now, you're going to take the apples in your bowl and lay them around it in a pattern so that they kind of overlap each other and pile them up until they're all in there. You want to leave about an inch around the edge of the dough for your top piece. Once you get your apples laid out, you're going to take your second ball of dough, flour another working surface, and roll that out to just a little tiny bit bigger than your first piece of dough. And then you're going to very carefully pick that up, set it on top of your apples, try to center it while you're doing this, and then you're going to press around the edges to seal. I kind of pressed it and then I fluted it like a pie so that it would seal real good. About how thick should each layer be? I know you said about eight inches diameter, but when you're rolling it out, about how thick should the dough be? They're going to be about three-eighths of an inch thick, both of them. You know, it's not like a pie crust. It's not that thin. It's it's a little bit, it's thicker. So so you're not rolling them out real thin. You just want to roll it, roll that ball out until it's about an eight inch diameter. Okay. And then like, do the apples pile up at all? Yes. Okay. When you lay them around on the, when you lay them into the middle of the dough, you kind of put them on top of each other into a pattern. And like what I did was I made a circle of apples on the outside edge of where I wanted my apples to fall. And I just laid them on top of each other and worked my way into the center. And it kind of looked like a rose at the end of it. Like a big, So, so the apples rose. don't get like too high. Is yeah. You don't make them super high. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now... If you have a peel or a large flat spatula that's steel, use that to help pick your dough up and just pick, once you get that picked up, it shouldn't stick to the table. Mine didn't. And usually I'm the worst person for sticking a dough to a table and this didn't stick, which I was immensely surprised. So pick your dough up, put it on top, press it around and seal it real good. I did this. Let me go back a little bit. I cooked mine in a big skillet, but it had about two inch sides on it. I do not recommend that. If you have a large saute pan 
or a griddle, like a regular stovetop griddle that's large, you know, big enough to fit that thing on it. I would use that because you have to turn this over and it is no trick getting it out of a skillet with high sides. I didn't think about that until after I had put it into the skillet with high sides and I thought, boy, this is going to be a disaster. But it wasn't. It was unbelievably, it worked really well. So what you want to do now (laughs) is get a nice big flat skillet slash griddle slash saute pan, put it on a burner on low. So if your settings on your burner go from zero to 10, you want it to be on two, two and a half. Okay. Get your pan warming up. You can actually do this before you start rolling your dough out. You could turn your pan on low and start heating it. So once your pan is warm, you want to throw a tablespoon of butter in there and put it, push it all around with your spatula to make sure the pan's really well coated with butter. And you're going to take a dinner plate, put a little bit of flour on that, very carefully pick your potato pancake up off of the wooden board that you have made it on using, again, either a peel or a large flat spatula. Scoop that baby up and set it on the plate with a little flour on it. Carry it over to the pan. Make sure your pan is nice and warm. And very carefully slide your pancake, I mean your potato apple bread the size of a giant pancake, slide it off of your plate and into the skillet. Could you, like, would it be easier if you took the plate and you put it on top of the potato pancake on the board and then like flipped it over instead of sliding it. You could do that. Good thinking. I did not think of that. (laughs) That would have been a good idea. Wow. Okay. Cause you do that later in this process. So anyway, get the thing onto the plate, make sure you put flour on the plate. Okay. And then slide it off of your floured plate into your pan that has butter in there. Now, this is going to cook for 15 minutes on this side, okay? And you'll be able to hear it a little sizzling and cooking, and it starts to smell good and everything. And then when your 15 minutes is up, you have to get the thing out of the pan onto a plate again. And then you want to get another plate that has flour on it. Put that plate on top of your potato apple bread. Flip it over. Take the plate off of the side that's been cooked and then slide it into the pan very carefully to cook the other side. I added an additional tablespoon of butter before I put it back in, swirled it all around, slid my potato apple bread into the pan and breathed an enormous sigh of relief because I couldn't believe that I had actually done it and it worked. You could probably also use the flippy method for getting it out of the skillet too. Because there's only a, if there's only a tablespoon of butter in there, it's not like it's deep frying or anything. You might be able to do that, but not the skillet that I used. I used yeah, the not, grand... not that skillet, but like a regular. Yes, I used pan. an enormous skillet, and I thought, you dumbbell, what were you thinking? You have a griddle. Why'd you use a griddle? I was actually saying this to myself. <laughs> I was lecturing myself. The next time I do this, I'm using the griddle. This is ridiculous. Yeah, you could have just flopped it over on the griddle. You wouldn't (sighs) even had to make... (laughs) You and your flopping ideas. Where were you last night when I was trying to make this thing happen? Nobody asked. (laughs) 
I learned all these tricks from baking shows where they flip stuff out of cake pans. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that wasn't on this recipe, as a matter of fact, was putting some sort of oil or something in the pan. But I thought butter, because, you know, you're, it's potato bread. You need as much butter as possible. So anyway, I cooked the second side for 15 minutes. Cook it, and then the same thing, you gently get it out of the pan, which it came out and it didn't break. It didn't even crack. Okay. You get it out and slide it onto a big plate. And then I used my trusty pizza cutter and I cut it into six wedges. Then I, uh, I ate a piece of it. It's recommended that you serve this delightful thing with cream and lemon curd. Uh, some people recommend clotted cream. I think it would be good with even like maple syrup on it, anything whipped, whipped cream, whatever. But what I did uh, last night is I whipped up some clotted cream to put on it. And by whipped up, I mean, I didn't make it in the way that you actually make clotted cream. I found a recipe that uh, is pretty simple and easy and quick. So I did that. And what I did was I took one cup of heavy whipping cream and I whipped it up just until it started to form peaks. And then I added a third cup of sour cream to that and whipped that into the whipped cream. And then I added a nice heaping tablespoon of powdered sugar and whipped that in and put a nice plop of that on top of my warmed potato apple bread and sprinkled a little cinnamon on it. And I ate that and it was super delicious. However, I can honestly say that it was even better without the clotted cream, just as it was potato apple bread. It was very, very good. Very different flavors, but very, very good. So I encourage you if you have, I mean, this all together took um, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. It didn't take a lot of time, but it was really kind of fun to make. And I think this would be so good for breakfast just a good breakfast thing. You could make it the night before and then reheat it in your oven, put it in your oven and toast it up and delicious. This was really good, but it was really neat to find a good, authentic recipe from the north of Ireland. The McAnellan family is actually from the neighboring county, Tyrone, to Armagh. So it was really kind of neat to make a recipe close to home that people this is like I said, people travel back to get this because it's a, it's the food they miss from home. So make some potato apple bread during the month of March and celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Mary Mac Bakehouse, on Twitter at Mobile Mary Mac and Mary Mac Podcast, and on our website, MaryMacPodcast.com. You can also find our mixes in person at Standing Chimney, and at Steel City Craft Emporium in Pittsburgh. Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.